hens and pigs and goats and oh speaking of goats once we had a goat you ever had a goat get you a goat goats are cool they eat all your garbage and then when you get tired of them you can eat them let me tell you chickens I lost my goat well yeah yeah and if I take a licking I say it's on with the show yeah 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 don't you try to tell me try to tell me that it's gonna storm and rain, rain, rain. I've got to keep on trucking. Stay ahead of the game. I'm ahead of it too, you hear me? Whatever you believe in, let me tell you, it's all right by me. Because you know what? I'm like this. Tell me what you wanna, what you wanna, but I see what I see. That's the truth. Oh yeah, yeah. Now you understand me, do you? I've got no more to say. Ooh, yeah. I'm gonna shut my big mouth now and let my guitar Growing up, there was a man lived down the road named Mr. Peters. He was a mean man. Sat on his front porch with his shotgun over his lap all the time. But he had a daughter, and her name was Barbara Ann. <laughs> and I love Barbara Ann. So one day I got up enough nerve. I was gonna go to Mr. Peters' house. I went to his house, I knocked on his door. Mr. Peters was six foot eight. He walked to the door and he looked out and he didn't see nothing. And then he looked down and there I was. He said, alligator, what you doing at my house? Before I could speak, he said, wait a minute. You didn't come to see Dorothy Ann because she's my wife. And you didn't come to see Barbara Ann, because she's not courting. So you must come to see me, huh? And I'm shivering in my boots. But I stuck my chest out. I said, Mr. Peters, I want to take your daughter, Barbara Ann, in a ride in my new car. He said, where are you going to take her, alligator? I said, to the church social. He said, to the church social, take her. I said, Mr. Peters, I intend to. 
So I put Barbara Ann in my car and we went way down to the end of the dirt road where he couldn't see. The church social was to the right and I turned to the left. And Barbara Ann looked at me and said, what is this? And I said, baby, let's go cruise away from here, yeah. Don't be confused, the way is so very and if you want it, you got it forever. I said. tell you about where I grew up at, uh, uh, my upbringing. We were watching a movie not very long ago, and it was a comedy movie about a funeral. I guess some of you might know what movie I'm talking about. I don't know the name of it. But I watched the movie, and I said to myself, you know what? This is a story that some, somebody wrote. But I had an actual incident that makes this look like nothing. You got to realize that when I grew up uh, back in the old days, 60 years back, uh, we didn't have tractors in, in the areas where I, I, I was growing up at. We had uh, mules and horses. Uh, everything was done the old way by hand. We didn't have electricity in the beginnings running water, uh, indoor toilets, all of that stuff. We had to go down in the woods to a spring to get the water, and the uh, toilet was, of course, an outhouse and blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the old living. But they had a... Uh, the king was always moonshine back in those days. Moonshine whiskey. The drugs were not in the area. Now I go there, all of the drugs that are in the cities are there. But before, moonshine, that was it. And one of the biggest moonshiners in the, the area, I'm not going to call anybody's name. I'm not even going to say where this is because I'm, I don't want uh, families to, to be embarrassed. So let's just tell this story. The biggest moonshiners in the area, I would go to their house 12, 11, 12 years old. I would go to their house and, and uh, you know, like, like all of the grown-ups, you know, they would take me around and I would, I would go and, and get just wasted. Somehow, I ended up dating uh, the daughter of the, these particular moonshiners. They were the biggest moonshiners in, in the area. And I remember that whenever I would go there, I could drink for free all of the time and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, just to make a long story short, I married into the family. Now, what better family to be in with you in an area like the cut back in the country that I married into the family of the biggest bootleggers, moonshiners in the area. Hey, heavenly. Not only that, but we used to have a cow and hadn't had a cow for some years and I loved buttermilk. And these people had a cow. So I had buttermilk, all like a drink. And 
all the liquor in Costa Rica. Now, the grandfather, the elderly patriot of the family, of the Moonshine family, died. And I'm going to tell you about the funeral that we had. <laughs> but first of all, let me introduce you to a character we're going to call Emil. If I say Emil, these people, if anybody from that area sees this, they're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. But I'm not calling his real name, but they'll know. Let me introduce him to you. The, one of the first stories about him that I remember is as a young boy, uh, we was hanging out at the bootlegger's house on a Saturday night or something, maybe 10 o'clock at night. And there was a big, Emil was in the home with us. We were all partying. And all of a sudden we heard this big crash out on the road. Big crash and blah, blah, blah. Accident. And somehow the police were not in that area, but somehow they got there very quickly at the ambulance and all of that stuff. So we all walked down like people do. We walked all the way down to the end of the, the, the road so we could see what the commotion was. And all of us, we can, we all drunk. Now, Emil was in the house with us when we heard this crash. But when we get down to the, the road and we're standing there watching all of the activity and all this stuff, and they're shining their flashlights around, and all of a sudden they heard a moan come out of the ditch. Uh, so naturally, they heard this moan. They go over with the flashlight, and they discovered a man laying in the ditch. Emil was laying in the ditch. Now remember, he was in the house with us when we were heard the crash. So we all shocked. Emil's laying in the ditch, and he's moaning. The guy had a bad back. He had always had a bad back. You know, uh, all the farmers knew that about, about him that once in a while his back would get thrown out and he, he, he was incapacitated. The man laid in the ditch and uh, anyway, to make a long story short, this is my introduction to him. He actually ended up pretending he was hit by the automobile. And I guess he bruised his back up and did something to convince him. Emil ended up getting money getting money out of, out of this thing. So this is my, my little introduction to him, but here we go. Let's get to the funeral. The patriot of the moonshining family, the grandfather, he died. And naturally, they was gonna have a funeral. Well, prior to this Sunday when they were gonna have the funeral, what were we all doing? We were at the house and we were all partying and everybody was drunk and there was, you know, it's a, a, a usual thing that happens in the South. If you go down to New Orleans, it gets really even more outrageous. When the day came to go to the funeral, everybody that night before, we, we I mean, my goodness, we were up until daybreak in the morning. And all of a sudden, it dawned on us that we had this funeral to go to. Everybody's drunk. The little country church that they held the funeral in was jam-packed because this was the biggest moonshiner in the countryside. All of the drunks came to the funeral. 
You've never seen so many drunk people in one place in a place, in a house of God. In fact, I was sitting with the family up at the front, and I had a half a pint of moonshine in my pocket. And every once in a while, I would duck down and take me a little sip. And most people were doing it in, in the place. Now, his son, my father-in-law at that time, had been hit in the head with an axe during a confrontation uh, when he was younger and had a big scar, but he was also as nutty as a fruitcake be because of that. The preacher is preaching the funeral, and we all know that the preacher's lying, <laughs> as preachers have a tendency to do. He's speaking about this gentleman like he was an angel off the boat. Come on. I mean, we knew the guy, So, but his son, because he was a little off anyway, every time the preacher would say something about his dad that he knew was, was wrong, he would just bust out and start laughing, like, I mean, just out, just out loud. And things were getting more and more outrageous the whole time. The preacher's trying to hold this funeral together. But everybody's drunk right and not only is everybody drunk everybody's getting drunk all the time because everybody bought whiskey in the place with him this is a moonshiner's funeral everybody bought whiskey in with him and here we are in church the place smells like a, a, a whiskey still and here's the thing when it came time to go and view the body in the casket <laughs> everybody gets up and you know you I don't know if you guys have ever been to one of these type of funerals but everybody's walking by and you know saying their little things oh no blah 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 but everybody's like this okay everybody is wobbling and people are holding people up Emil this guy he came to the casket and he is so drunk he leans over at the casket and he looks down and he looks at the patriot, I can't name him, let's, let's say Ben. This is what he did. In the church, he looks at the, the gentleman, he goes, we'll call him Ben. Ben, you son of a bitch. He said, damn it all, I'm pissed at you. He says, you told me. And people are trying to pull him away from, from the body, but he's getting get him out of the room. He said, you told me, you son of a bitch that you wasn't going to pay me that damn 20 bucks you owed me. And look at you. You didn't pay me. And he starts going through his pockets in his suit trying to look for see if he can find some money. <laughs> so they, 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 they drag him away, and he is absolutely kicking and screaming. He's like a Fred Sanford guy. He's, he's moving his arms like this, like he wants. And I said, you know, if they turn him loose, he's going to go back and kick the man's ass in the casket if they turn him loose. So anyway, to make a long story short, they finally uh, got Emil away from the casket. But anyway, that's just a, a, a funny little little thing that happened during my youth. I have never been to a funeral like that before or since. The, the priest who was preaching the funeral had one heck of a time trying to hold his congregation together because at least 80% of the church was drunk. The only people who weren't drunk were his ushers and the, the choir, 
uh, people, and in fact, some of them were <laughs> on, <laughs> on the edge too. Some of, the, some of the choir members were on the edge. But that was a funeral that made that funeral that I saw on the, on the movie we were watching look like a Sunday school child. And after the funeral, of course, things really got outrageous. But anyway, that's just a little insight in, into the life that I grew up in. And you got to realize that this is way back in the backwoods, and I still visit there today from time to time. It's gotten a little, a, there's more houses there than there, than there was when I was there, but there's still countries. Last time I went there, I traveled 10 miles down a dirt road. Uh, where do you find dirt roads in America anymore? 10 miles down a dirt road, no houses, no nothing. And I said, this is the way, this is, this is wonderful. This is the real country. Um, here's what I want to do now. I, I'm just doing this uh, to let you know that about some projects that I have coming up. But before, I wanted to get in a little thing about the state of the politics today. And I'm going to make this real short because I've stayed away from politics for a little bit. Uh, and here's what I'm going to say is that those of, of us who are aware of what's going on in this, in this country, uh, the authoritarian bent that a lot of uh, certain parties have, um, we need to vote. This next election is going to be even more important than the other elections. So here's what I'm going to do. My last podcast I did, a if you saw it, I did a podcast with my friend Peter Turner of Turner Arts, Peter Turner Arts Studio. Peter had a one-man show in Bolinas, one of my favorite places, at the gallery in Bolinas. So I'm going to use an analogy from the show that we did at his art gallery. When you think about voting, I want you to think about this. Let's walk into Alligator's art gallery. I have two blown-up photographs that I took. I'm, my artist photographer. Two, one wall is covered with one big, huge photograph, and the other wall is covered with another photograph. And these photographs are both of rallies or demonstrations or whatever you want to call them. Look at these two photographs. On one side, you look, you see a rally, you see an American flag, you see people with signs and, and whatever, chanting or whatever they're doing. Wonderful. The other one is the same thing. It's a rally. The only difference in the two, rally, two photos is one rally has the American flag and people protesting or, or rallying for whatever that, their thing is. But this particular photograph includes Nazi insignia, Nazi flags, Nazi salutes, Confederate battle flags, uh, white supremacist flags, white nationalist flags. Now, I'm not going to, I'm going to leave that at that. These are the two photographs. I'm not going to identify what either one of these photographs, what political party they represent. You figure it out. Think about it. Which political party represents which photograph. 
and take that and use that to vote. Okay? And if you want to vote for the the one with the Nazis and stuff like that, then, then that's your team vote. And if you want to vote for the other one, that's your team vote. But whatever you do, vote. Okay? Vote, we must vote because um, those who are trying to destroy democracy, those who are uh, uh, trying to erase history and ban books and all of this crazy stuff, um, we, don't, we want America to remain a free country. Okay? Now, that's enough of that. <laughs> that's enough of that. Remember what I said. One photograph and the other photograph. Look at the two of them and make up your mind where do you belong. Okay? Uh, that shouldn't be, be very hard. And if you have a hard time doing that, there's something wrong with you. There really is. If you have a hard time deciding. Now... I'm going to end this thing here right now, but I want to let you know that I've got some really wonderful programs coming up. Uh, I've been talking with Dorothy House in Berkeley, which is a wonderful organization that I uh, came into contact through a, a friend of mine who has a son who is not only drug addicted, but also homeless. Okay. And this organization does a, they feed the homeless. They have clothes for them. You know, they try, try to, to help them. And they also help to get them into permanent housing whenever that they can. And I decided this would be a good uh, subject for me to, to dive into, just to go and spotlight them, the work that, that they're doing. And regardless of how you feel about the homeless, they're still people. They're still human beings. You know, I have my own feelings about it, and a lot of them are not good. Okay, well, I'm not going to get into that, you know, but I do realize they're human beings. Um, and I've got a friend of mine up in Petaluma who's a incredible uh, percussionist, world-renowned, uh, uh, especially uh, specializing in Cuban instruments that they, that they played, the farmers, they played holes and all this stuff, uh, just incredible. Um, and I'm going to be doing uh, some shows on businesses, the place that I play in Monterey. And by the, by the way, remember every second Saturday of the month, I'm at Elroy's Bonton Lighthouse Smokehouse in Monterey on Lighthouse Avenue. Every second Saturday of the month, 7 to 10, come on down and party with us. I'm going to be doing a feature on that restaurant also. You need to learn about the food and the history of the lady who uh, is the one of the proprietors and the cook. Very interesting background in, in cuisine that would be interesting. So anyway, I'm going to be branching out doing all kinds of stuff, but the politics, I will be doing a show breaking down more of the political thing, but like I said, I just want to give you an example. Look at those, think about those photographs and vote wherever you think you, you belong in. Right now, I feel good, to tell you the truth. I, I When I started this, I, I had a little uh, stomach thing going on. But now, it's gone away. So here's what I'm going to do for you. Let's do something like this. Oh, yeah. Skylights. 
I'm in a dancing mood When you feel the beat You got to move your feet Clap your hands You've got all the soul Deep inside And you can't hide hey, 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 hey. I'm in a dancing mood I'm in a dancing mood Oh Dancing mood. One more time. I'm in a dancing mood. 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 each and every one of you I sincerely mean that I hope you've enjoyed this little interlude that we had um, I'm gonna start to showing up on Instagram a friend of mine is uh, my friend out of Texas who I just recently did a, a show on when I was in Houston uh, about a month ago uh, suggested that I start to popping up on Instagram uh, so you you'll be seeing me doing that also right now I just want to say God bless each and every one of you Keep you happy, keep you smiling. This is Alligator. Alligator in alignment. My co-host, my son Donnie, he will be back, back with me uh, soon. Happy trail. Hens <laughs> and pigs and goats and oh speaking of goats. Once we had a goat. You ever had a goat? Get you a goat. Goats are cool. They eat all your garbage and then when you get tired of them, ha, you can eat them. Let me tell you. 
hands I lost my goat Well, yeah, yeah And if I take a licking I say It's on with the show Yeah, yeah, yeah Don't you try to tell me Try to tell me That it's gonna storm And rain, rain, rain I've got to keep on trucking Stay ahead of the game I'm ahead of it too, you hear me? Whatever you believe in Let me tell you It's alright by me Cause you know what? I'm like this Tell me what you wanna, what you wanna, but I see what I see. That's the truth. Oh yeah, yeah. Now you understand me, do you? I've got no more to say. Yeah. I'm gonna shut my big mouth now and let my guitar Growing up, there was a man lived down the road named Mr. Peters. He was a mean man. Sat on his front porch with his shotgun over his lap all the time. But he had a daughter, and her name was Barbara Ann. <laughs> and I love Barbara Ann. So one day I got up enough nerve. I was gonna go to Mr. Peters' house. I went to his house, I knocked on his door. Mr. Peters was six foot eight. He walked to the door and he looked out and he didn't see nothing. And then he looked down and there I was. He said, alligator, what you doing at my house? Before I could speak, he said, wait a minute. You didn't come to see Dorothy Ann because she's my wife. And you didn't come to see Barbara Ann, cause she's not courting. So you must come to see me, huh? And I'm shivering in my boots. But I stuck my chest out. I said, Mr. Peters, I want to take your daughter, Barbara Ann, in a ride in my new car. He said, where are you going to take her, alligator? I said, to the church social. He said, to the church social, take her. I said, Mr. Peters, I intend to. So I put Barbara Ann in my car and we went way down to the end of the dirt road where he couldn't see. The church social was to the right and I turned to the left. And Barbara Ann looked at me and said, what is this? And I said, baby, let's go cruise away from here. Yeah, don't be confused.
so very clear and if you want it you got it forever I said tell you about where I grew up at uh, uh, my upbringing we were watching a movie not very long ago and it was a comedy movie about a funeral I guess some of you might know what movie I'm talking about I don't know the name of it but I watched the movie and I said to myself you know what this is a story that some somebody wrote but I had an actual incident that makes this look like nothing. You got to realize that when I grew up, uh, back in the old days, 60 years back, uh, we didn't have tractors in, in the areas where I, I, I was growing up at. We had uh, mules and horses. Uh, everything was done the old way, by hand. We didn't have electricity in the beginnings running water, uh, indoor toilets, all of that stuff. We had to go down in the woods to a spring to get the water, and the uh, toilet was, of course, an outhouse and blah, blah, you know, the, the old living. But they had a, uh, the king was always moonshine back in those days. Moonshine whiskey. The drugs were not in the area. Now I go there, all of the drugs that are in the cities are there. But before, moonshine, that was it. And one of the biggest moonshiners in the, the area, I'm not going to call anybody's name. I'm not even going to say where this is because I'm, I don't want uh, families to, to be embarrassed. So let's just tell this story. The biggest moonshiners in the area, I would go to their house 12, 11, 12 years old. I would go to their house and, and uh, you know, like, like all of the grown-ups, you know, they would take me around and I would, I would go in and get just wasted. Somehow, I ended up dating uh, the daughter of the, these particular moonshiners. They were the biggest moonshiners in, in the area. And I remember that whenever I would go there, I could drink for free all of the time and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, just to make a long story short, I married into the family. Now, what better family to be in if you in an area like the cut back in the country that I married into the family of the biggest bootleggers, moonshiners in the area. Hey, heavenly. Not only that, but we used to have a cow and hadn't had a cow for some years and I loved buttermilk. And these people had a cow. So I had buttermilk all like a drink. And all the liquor in Costa Rica. Now, the grandfather, the elderly patriot of the family, of the Moonshine family died. And I'm going to tell you about the funeral that we had. <laughs> but first of all, let me introduce you to a character we're going to call Emil. If I say Emil, these people, if anybody from that area sees this, they're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. But I'm not calling his real name, but they'll know. 
Let me introduce him to you. The, one of the first stories about him that I remember is as a young boy, uh, we was hanging out at the bootlegger's house on a Saturday night or something, maybe 10 o'clock at night. And there was a big, Emil was in the home with us. And we were all partying. And all of a sudden we heard this big crash out on the road. Big crash and blah, blah, blah. Accident. And somehow the police were not in that area, but somehow they got there very quickly at the ambulance and all of that stuff. So we all walked down like people do. We walked all the way down to the end of the, the, the road so we could see what the commotion was. And all of us, we can, we all drunk. Now, Emil was in the house with us when we heard this crash. But when we get down to the, the road and we're standing there watching all of the activity and all this stuff, and they're shining their flashlights around, and all of a sudden they heard a moan come out of the ditch. Uh, so naturally they heard this moan, they go over with the flashlight, and they discovered a man laying in the ditch. Emil was laying in the ditch. Now remember, he was in the house with us when we heard the crash. So we all shot. Emil's laying in the ditch and he's moaning. The guy had a bad back, had always had a bad back. All the farmers knew that about him, that once in a while his back would get thrown out and he was incapacitated. The man laid in the ditch and anyway, to make a long story short, this is my introduction to him. He actually ended up pretending he was hit by the automobile. And I guess he bruised his back up and did something to convince him. Emil ended up getting money. Getting money out of, out of this thing. So this is my, my little introduction to him. But here we go. Let's get to the funeral. The patriot of the moonshining family, the grandfather, he died. And naturally, they was going to have a funeral. Well, prior to this Sunday when they were going to have the funeral, what were we all doing? We were at the house and we were all partying and everybody was drunk. And, there was, you know, it's a, a, a usual thing that happens in the South. If you go down to New Orleans, it gets really even more outrageous. When the day came to go to the funeral, everybody that night before. We, we, I mean, my goodness, we were up until daybreak in the morning. And all of a sudden it dawned on us that we had this funeral to go to. Everybody's drunk. The little country church that they held the funeral in was jam-packed because this was the biggest moonshiner in the countryside. All of the drunks came to the funeral. You've never seen so many drunk people in one place in a place in a house of God. In fact, I was sitting with the family up at the front and I had a half a pint of moonshine in my pocket and every once in a while I would duck down and take me a little sip and most people were doing it in, in the place. Now, his son, my father-in-law at that time had been hit in the head with an axe during a confrontation uh, when he was younger and had a big scar but he was also as nutty as a fruitcake be because of that 
the preacher is preaching the funeral. And we all know that the preacher's lying, <laughs> as preachers have a tendency to do. He's speaking about this gentleman like he was an angel off the boat. Come on. I mean, we knew the guy. So, But his son, because he was a little off anyway, every time the preacher would say something about his dad that he knew was, was wrong, he would just bust out and start laughing. Like, I mean, just out, just out loud. And things were getting more and more outrageous the whole time. The preacher's trying to hold this funeral together. But everybody's drunk. Right, and not only is everybody drunk, everybody's getting drunk all the time because everybody bought whiskey in the place with him. This is a moonshiner's funeral. Everybody bought whiskey in with him, and here we are in church. The place smells like a, a, a whiskey still. And here's the thing: when it came time to go and view the body in the casket. <laughs> everybody gets up and you know you I don't know if you guys have ever been to one of these type of funerals but everybody's walking by and you know saying their little things oh no blah 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 but everybody's like this okay everybody is wobbling and people are holding people up Emil this guy he came to the casket and he is so drunk he leans over at the casket and he looks down and he looks at the patriot, I can't name him, let's, let's say Ben. This is what he did. In the church, he looks at the, the gentleman, he goes, we'll call him Ben. Ben, you son of a bitch. He said, damn it all, I'm pissed at you. He says, you told me. And people are trying to pull him away from, from the body, but he's getting get him out of the road. He said, you told me, you son of a bitch, that you wasn't going to pay me that damn 20 bucks you owed me. And look at you. You didn't pay me. And he starts going through his pockets in his suit trying to look for see if he can find some money. <laughs> so they, 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 they drag him away, and he is absolutely kicking and screaming. He's like a Fred Sanford guy. He's, he's moving his arms like this, like he wants. And I said, you know, if they turn him loose, he gonna go back and kick the man's ass in the casket if they turn him loose. So anyway, to make a long story short, they finally uh, got Emil away from the casket. But anyway, that's just a, a, a funny little little thing that happened during my youth. I have never been to a funeral like that before or since. The the priest who was preaching the funeral had one heck of a time trying to hold this congregation together because at least 80% of the church was drunk. The only people who weren't drunk were his ushers and the, the choir uh, people. And in fact, some of them were <laughs> on, <laughs> on the edge too. Some of, the, some of the choir members were on the edge. But that was a funeral that made that funeral that I saw on the on the movie we were watching looked like a Sunday school child and after the funeral of course things really got outrageous but anyway that's just a little insight in, into the life that I grew up in and you got to realize that this is way back in the backwoods and I still visit there today from time to time it's gotten a little a, 
there's more houses there than, than, than there was when I was there. But there's still countries. Last time I went there, I traveled 10 miles down a dirt road. Uh, where do you find dirt roads in America anymore? 10 miles down a dirt road, no houses, no nothing. And I said, this is the way, this is, this, this is wonderful. This is the real country. Um, here's what I want to do now. I, I'm just doing this uh, to let you know that about some projects that I have coming up. But before, I wanted to get in a little thing about the state of the politics today, and I'm going to make this real short because I've stayed away from politics for a little bit. Uh, and here's what I'm going to say is that those of, of us who are aware of what's going on in this, in this country, uh, the authoritarian bent that a lot of uh, certain parties have, um, we need to vote. This next election is going to be even more important than the other elections. So here's what I'm going to do. My last podcast I did, a if you saw it, I did a podcast with my friend Peter Turner of Turner Arts, Peter Turner Arts Studio. Peter had a one-man show in Bolinas, one of my favorite places, at the gallery in Bolinas. So I'm going to use an analogy from the show that we did at his art gallery. When you think about voting, I want you to think about this. Let's walk into Alligator's art gallery. I have two blown up photographs that I took. I'm, my art is photographer. Two, one wall is covered with one big huge photograph and the other wall is covered with another photograph. And these photographs are both of rallies or demonstrations or whatever you want to call them. Look at these two photographs. On one side, you look, you see a rally, you see an American flag, you see people with signs and, and whatever, chanting or whatever they're doing. Wonderful. The other one is the same thing. It's a rally. The only difference in the two, rally, two photos is one rally has the American flag and people protesting or, or rallying for whatever that, their thing is. But this particular photograph includes Nazi insignia, Nazi flags, Nazi salutes, Confederate battle flags, uh, white supremacist flags, white nationalist flags. Now I'm not going to, I'm going to leave that at that. These are the two photographs. I'm not going to identify what either one of these photographs, what political party they represent. You figure it out. Think about it. Which political party represents which photograph? And take that and use that to vote. Okay? And if you want to vote for the the one with the Nazis and stuff like that, then, then that's your team vote. And if you want to vote for the other one, that's your team vote. But whatever you do, vote. Okay? Vote, we must vote because um, those who are trying to destroy democracy, those who are uh, uh, trying to erase history and ban books and all of this crazy stuff, um, we, don't, we want America to remain a free country, okay? 
Now, that's enough of that. <laughs> that's enough of that. Remember what I said. One photograph and the other photograph. Look at the two of them and make up your mind where do you belong. Okay? Uh, that shouldn't be, be very hard. And if you have a hard time doing that, there's something wrong with you. There really is. If you have a hard time deciding. Now, I'm going to end this thing here right now. But I want to let you know that I've got some really wonderful programs coming up. Uh, I've been talking with Dorothy House in Berkeley, which is a wonderful organization that I uh, came into contact through a, a friend of mine who has a son who is not only drug addicted, but also homeless. Okay. And this organization does a, they feed the homeless, they have clothes for them, you know, they try, try to, to help them. And they also help to get them into permanent housing whenever that they can. And I decided this would be a good uh, subject for me to, to dive into, just to go and spotlight them, the work that, that they're doing. And regardless of how you feel about the homeless, they're still people, they're still human beings. You know, I have my own feelings about it, and a lot of them are not good, okay? Well, I'm not going to get into that, you know, but I do realize they're human beings. Um, and I've got a friend of mine up in Petaluma who's a incredible uh, percussionist, world-renowned, uh, uh, especially uh, specializing in Cuban instruments that they, that they played, the farmers, they played holes and all this stuff. Uh, just incredible. Um, and I'm going to be doing uh, some shows on businesses, the place that I play in, in Monterey. And by the, by the way, remember every second Saturday of the month, I'm at Elroy's Bonton Lighthouse Smokehouse in Monterey on Lighthouse Avenue. Every second Saturday of the month, 7 to 10, come on down and party with us. I'm going to be doing a feature on that restaurant also. You need to learn about the food and the history of the lady who uh, is the one of the proprietors and the cook. Very interesting background in, in cuisine that would be interesting. So anyway, I'm going to be branching out, doing all kinds of stuff. But the politics, I will be doing a show breaking down more of the political thing. But like I said, I just want to give you an example. Look at those, think about those photographs and vote wherever you think you you belong in. Right now, I feel good, to tell you the truth. I, I When I started this, I, I had a little uh, stomach thing going on. But now, it's gone away. So here's what I'm going to do for you. Let's do something like this.
one more time. I'm in a dancing mood. 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 Hey, 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 hey. I'm in a dancing mood. You know what? When you feel the beat, you got to move your feet. Clap your hands. You got all the soul deep inside. Inside. One more time. Feel the beat, move your feet. You've got to clap your hands. You've got all the soul deep inside, and you can't hide. Hey, 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 I'm in a dancing mood, by y'all. <laughs> I'm in a dancing mood. I'm in a dancing mood. You hear me? Listen, God bless each and every one of you. I sincerely mean that. I hope you've enjoyed this little interlude that we had. Um, I'm going to start to show up on Instagram. A friend of mine has, uh, my friend out of Texas, who I just recently did a, a show on when I was in Houston uh, about a month ago, uh, suggested that I start to popping up on Instagram. Uh, so you, you'll be seeing me doing that also. Right now, I just want to say God bless each and every one of you. Keep you happy. Keep you smiling. This is Alligator. Alligator in alignment. My co-host, my son Donnie, he will be back, back with me uh, soon. Happy trail. <laughs>